0: Okay, so before we begin uh, getting into our text for today, we just wanted to give you a little bit of a snapshot of this past year. As you noticed, we're actually uh, not with you there in the sanctuary and that's because we're still being really careful because we need to test negative for COVID in order to fly back to Lithuania in a couple of weeks. So um, this is what the last year looked like a little bit for us. So it starts off in September. Um, We were actually able to start the school year at LCC in person. I should maybe pause for a minute because I know I saw some unfamiliar faces on Zoom and just mention that LCC International University is a small Christian college in Lithuania that draws students from about 50 different countries in Eastern Europe and uh, Central Asia, mostly, although um, reaching more into the Middle East now as well. So some of our students uh, were able to come about two thirds of them at the beginning of the year and about one third were not able to make it due to either uh, border restrictions or uh, visa issues uh, that were all pretty much COVID related this year. But we were able to begin um, in person, but with some restrictions. uh, Lithuania had shut down last March very, very quickly. So our summer was relatively normal. Um, And then the school year, began. So this is uh, Peregrine's first day of school. He's the standing on the far right there. Um, the Christian school that our kids attend part-time didn't require, and actually the government didn't require, people younger than fourth grade to wear any masks. So they were trying to keep things as normal as possible for small children. Peregrine was going into seventh grade and uh, the older kids did have to wear masks in school. And of course, uh, at the university level, we all had to do all sorts of things with masks and face shields and, you know, sanitizing and so on, but we still managed to do our opening of the year Community Day in which the basketball team serves hot dogs to everyone. Also, early in the semester, I was able to lead a seminar for the theology department on what Christian philosophy is so that um, This is a picture taken out front in LCC with uh, most of the theology department and some students who were interested. Uh, So we are able to complete the whole first half of the semester without any further restrictions. We started getting ready for the cold winter in Lithuania by uh, uh, getting some firewood and uh, you can see also here Miriam took her bike to go back and forth to school to her classes. And here's Peregrine getting the fireplace ready to go for the winter. This is my uh, Peacemaking and Justice class. It also had a couple more students who were studying remotely. This was a really fun class to have in this context. And um, one of the, uh, it's just a great example of the kind of diversity we have at LCC. You can see in this picture, we have a student from Estonia, Pakistan, uh, Kazakhstan, Germany, Lithuania, Russia, and then there was another student from China and another Lithuanian student studying remotely. We were also able to hold a few of the culture days that we do um, at LCC uh, before the lockdown happened. So obviously you can see the people in the background still all had to wear masks, but we um, We showcase two or three different countries that the students come from uh, every week and they get to show some of the things from their culture. So you can see somebody from Kyrgyzstan is doing a a traditional dance there. In November, um, the whole country went into quarantine. So all education went online, but we were still able to meet with one other family socially. And then uh, that was about it for what was allowed. This is the river that's a couple of blocks behind our house where we live on the eastern edge of the city of Klepera. And uh, in November, it gets really pretty as you can see. We also um, traded dinner and baby holding um, with one of our colleagues uh, who also is a violinist. So she gives Miriam violin lessons and then we give their family dinner and uh, and play with the kids. Perrigan was very good with the little baby Aaron there. Um, But unfortunately, uh, they also caught COVID, which meant that we um, were required by the government to go into a two week strict isolation where we couldn't leave the House. So the day before that we went out and collected branches for advent because it was right at the end of uh, November. And we decorated around the house. So in December, Lithuania actually hit the top of the global charts of COVID cases per capita. So the country went into an even stricter lockdown where only grocery stores were open and uh, everybody was encouraged to stay home as much as possible. So we kept busy, My kids made donuts actually more than once. And uh, fortunately we had a couple of puzzles that we could work on. Um, So yeah, in January the lockdown continued uh, and we started getting snow. You can never predict in Lithuania whether it's gonna be a snowy year or not, but this year it was. So this is actually uh, on Peregrine's birthday in January and uh, he and Miriam did a great job of keeping the snow shoveled. So technically, um, according to the law, at this point, uh, the only interaction you were allowed to have with people outside your own household was that one person from each household could meet outside. So this was maybe technically not quite legal, but it was kind of (laughs) legal because we tried to stay in Paris. Um, So the kids got out sledding with their friends and uh, um, in the front there, that's Benjamin talking with one of our colleagues. More snow, this is the view from our bedroom window. Uh, You can see it's kind of like a little courtyard with lots of different interesting buildings. The two buildings to the right were both abandoned when we moved into this house a year ago, um, but uh, the one on the right is now being reconstructed by somebody who lives there. So more lockdown in February. Um, Our little church group that we shared with you about last year um, has been going really well, but most of the year because of the restrictions we had to meet online, so. uh, we took a screenshot of that at one point. Another kind of legal walk with friends. So uh, again, um, we went in Paris, and uh, technically, you know, this many people from two different households weren't supposed to meet, but we figured, you know, there, as long as two people from different households are meeting, it'll be okay. So in March, finally things started to loosen up a little bit and they again allowed two households to meet outside, but then all education still had to continue online. So Peregrine was doing his Lithuanian classes online and Benjamin here is, uh, is working on his worldview and Christian faith class, but it was really exciting to finally get together with uh, a family rather than just with one other person. It was, yeah, outside only. It was a very cold spring, unfortunately. <laughs> we got snow all the way into April, but um, our friends, just a couple blocks away from us, um, invested in this nice fireplace to meet around, and that was really helpful. Our church group also did this Lent in a bowl activity throughout Lent that was quite meaningful, um, in April, the restrictions eased a little bit more. So now that we could meet outdoors in groups of five for so-called informal education. So that was really nice uh, in terms of one of our small philosophy classes, we were actually able to meet with three of the students. Um, and then the other ones were online uh, in our garage because um, it was kind of outdoors enough, but also we had internet with which to have the remote students uh, access the class. So again, we had a kind of legal Easter sunrise service at the beach, where we went in groups of five and said, maybe this counts as informal education. <laughs> so there are some of the students. Uh, we each went, had a liturgy that we went through, and then in, we took our our lent bowl and then planted the flower in it. So it was quite meaningful and just beautiful. Very. Uh, The students also, of course, were struggling because according to the government restrictions they were only allowed to interact with a roommate if they had a roommate or, you know, several roommates were were treated as a household so um, They were mostly quite isolated as well. So LCC tried to find ways to uh, engage them despite those restrictions so that one of the things is they had professors hide in various places around town and then the students had to uh, follow some clues and then they'd get a treat if they found the professors. That was a popular one. And then in May, uh, we we're saying here farewell to the graduating seniors, but again, we couldn't hold an in-person graduation. So some of the seniors said, we'll, we'll go to the beach and then if you happen to stop by, then uh, we can say goodbye. So this is a picture of us with three of the, the students who have really been interested <laughs> in block that we've now been working with for four years. The LCC girls are all ages 12 to 14. So that's Miriam on the left and then her friends. um, So they were saying farewell to the girl in the middle who's moved back to the US this year. And Peregrine kept a countdown of when we would get to travel back to the US this summer. Assuming our COVID tests were negative. Which they were. So we finally made it. All right, shift things
1: around here. All right. From our passage today, we heard Jesus saying, I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you.
0: Perhaps you noticed that one of the recurring themes of the past two years for us is being on our own. We were still together as a family, but isolated from everyone else due to the legal restrictions. And just as many of you probably did, we learned more about what it means to be alone. For much of the year, we were working from home, and that meant we were not just on our own, but alone on our own. Decisions became harder too. In our case, it wasn't a question of whether to wear a mask or not wear a mask, because we couldn't have gotten to the store without wearing it. We could have been arrested. But, uh, hold on a minute We've got. There we go. Uh, but questions like: Do we break the law and have students over, or do we break the law and have that family member who really needs somebody to be with right now? And of course, how do we construct our online lessons without much training? How do we reach out to students who are struggling to keep up with remote studies from another country in less than ideal family situations? Sometimes when there's no electricity. Uh, How do you keep up with your online classes? Not surprisingly, we found that it was hard to go boldly where no one had gone before. What should life during a global pandemic look like? Now we've all been there, but it seems that for most of us, we traverse this unknown territory more alone than ever before. So when we heard these words of Jesus, we felt that Jesus was speaking directly to our situation now. I will not leave you as orphans. None of us in our family are orphans, much less orphans in first century Palestine, but I wonder if we can still relate to the predicament of the orphan. I wonder if we hear still the world saying to us, you're on your own.
1: Think with me for a moment about what it means to be an orphan. No parents. Nowadays, in the countries where we live, that usually just means that someone else takes care of you, relatives perhaps, or the state. In Jesus' day, however, the consequences were more dire. It often meant that there was no one to take care of you. There was no one to protect you in a society that was far more dangerous for children than our society is. There was no way to earn money or food, no place at night to sleep, that is to really have the sort of rest that comes from feeling safe. There was no one to give you guidance. You were on your own, so much more alone than even the most independence aspiring American would want. Whatever challenges come your way, it's as if life is saying, well, it's up to you. What are you going to do about it? You may not be able to handle it, but I guess you better because you aren't getting help from anyone else. I often hear life saying this to me, time to get those papers graded. No one else is going to do it for you. Time to wash those dishes. You shouldn't expect anyone else to do what you're supposed to do. Make up your mind about that. No one else can make that decision for you.
0: The pandemic has only emphasized this message how many of us have not felt more isolated, felt that there is more we must do on our own while being less in relationship with others and with less support? Perhaps it is not so hard to find ourselves in the perspective of an orphan child, protectionless, vulnerable, and the enemy still to be overcome. But it is precisely in the face of this reality that Jesus says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Jesus has not left us to do our work alone. He has conquered and he promises to come to us to be with us. Let's take a closer look at this passage from John as we seek to understand what this means.
1: As I looked at this passage, it didn't seem particularly encouraging to me at first. This is what I heard it saying. If we love him, we will do what he tells us to do. Or even, if I do what Jesus tells me to do, then he will love me. Yet, there is great comfort to be had in Jesus' words here. This passage needs to be read slowly, like a poem. It needs to be savored, like a complex flavor sipped like a good cup of tea, not swallowed down, cherished, as Lithuanians cherish a gleam of sunshine on a cloudy winter's day. Part of what it means to savor a text in this way is to ponder the way in which the text is written. And we'd like to pause a moment and do that with you. In this case, some readers of the Bible see this whole chapter in John as a chiasm. I'm not sure how familiar you are with this literary device. It's fairly common in the Hebrew scriptures and John uses it also here quite a bit, both in the gospel and in Revelation. So this is kind of what it's meant to accomplish. Um, I don't know if you've ever been frustrated by only being able to say one thing at a time. Perhaps there's been a time in which you've needed both to affirm a friend and confront them about a problem in their life at the same time. Which comes first? Well, a chiasm is one way biblical writers have of helping you when you need to hear two things at the same time. This is how it works. The first half and the second half of the chiasm mirror each other. And it's the middle line that actually looks like the mirror itself. Um, Trisha will share a picture of this here. There you go. So if you think of it as poetry, um, you see that that middle line, C, it's kind of like the mirror, the reflection, and then the lines before it and after it uh, mirror each other around that middle line.
0: Sorry, I can't get back to it right now. But the next part is the reading of the passage. Okay,
1: right? so let me read the passage again, keeping in mind uh, what's going on. First, I'll read it just as it is, and then I'll change it, so I'll put it in those uh, lines, that chiastic form. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father and you are in me and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father and I too will love them and show myself to them. So here it is, I put it in the caustic form. You see how the, the first line and the last kind of mirror each other. And, and so on with that, the next line down and the second to last line. And then you see the very center line there is, I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. So that's kind of the heart of the passage. Let me read it again to you now. Um, this helps you see it a little more clearly with the colors there. See if you can put those mirroring lines together as you listen to it. If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, oh yes, and then I'll go, I'll just read it, instead of going straight through, I'll read the mirroring lines together. If you love me, keep my commands. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. On that day, you will realize that I am my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. The world cannot accept him, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me, because I live, so will live. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Let's go. Let's go
0: yeah. All right. Sorry. Slight technical difficulty here as so we find our way. All right. So um, when Benjamin read those parallel lines and how they're reflected around the middle line, uh, some of the things that we noticed in the chiasm, and you'll probably notice other ones, were uh, were things like these. First, keeping Jesus's commands means loving him, and when we love him. The Father loves us, Jesus loves us, and Jesus will show himself to us. Second, Jesus has asked for an advocate to help us, the spirit of truth. And that spirit helps us realize that Jesus and the Father are one and that we are in Jesus and he is in us. Third, the world does not accept, see, or know Jesus, but we do because he lives with us. And because he lives with us and in us, we live. All of this is centered on Jesus's promise to us. I will not leave you as orphans.
1: Trisha and I often find ourselves thinking, if only I had enough time, I could get all this done. Perhaps you know the feeling. But notice my emphasis. If I only, I could. Perhaps the limited time is a good reminder that I am not the center of what's going on here. It is Jesus' life in us that makes us live. As I mentioned earlier, If I just read this passage normally, it sounds to me like what Jesus is saying really boils down to just obey me already, okay? And then I've got to figure out how to do that on my own. Once I figure it out and once I manage to obey, then Jesus will love me. How often, I wonder, did I wake up this past year wondering how I was going to make it on my own through another day of online teaching? How was I going to do what I knew I needed to do? this is where it really helps me to see the center line as the very heart of the passage the deepest truth i will not leave you as orphans i will come to you jesus is here jesus comes to us jesus comes to me and so i'm learning and this past year and a half has been practice at learning to live as a child of god not an orphan and because jesus is already here with me living in obedience is living in love This means that doing what must be done is like being a child walking with his father.
0: How do we open our eyes to the reality of Jesus being with us? What does that look like? One thing I'm learning is that I need to take the time to listen and spend time with Jesus when he tells me I'm here. So for example, to just sit with this passage and listen to Jesus's words is one way to very practically realize that Jesus loves me. Another part is remembering that the journey is not about self-improvement but about following Jesus through death into life. Another part of opening our eyes to the reality of life with Jesus is to trust that even when we can't do ministry the way we want to be doing it in person, that God is still at work in the lives of our students. And in fact, we've seen that in this past year in the softened hearts that have shown up in the pandemic time, even through distance learning. What matters is being connected to Christ, being in Christ. We are not left as orphans. Christ came for us and comes to us still and is with us even here and now. Thanks be to God.